Welcome to episode 15 of Storm the Norm, the fortnightly podcast where we pick up norms that come in the way of businesses succeeding in a disruptive world. I am Narayan. And I am Anisha Motwani. Anisha, I know both of us are fairly realistic people. In mm-hmm. fact, I am sometimes accused of being recklessly optimistic. Uh, but today's norm that traditional media businesses and their traditional revenue models are doomed feels pessimistic even by our standards. But there it is, staring us in the face, wouldn't you say? You know, Narayan, the wonder of it is not that it's staring at us, but change seems to be so long in the coming, when the norm has actually been crying out to be stormed for so long, isn't Mm -hmm. it? The traditional media industry may not acknowledge it, but as Einstein once said, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results is the definition of insanity (laughs) and not in a good way. I'm not going to try and sound smarter than Einstein. I've heard that guy was really smart. But I'll stick to what I think I'm okay at, asking questions. You know what I'm wondering about all? I have a feeling you're going to say something very provocative. I don't know about provocative, but a fairly fundamental thought just struck me. I think the problem with this industry is that they have allowed themselves to be defined by the medium and Mm -hmm. not the purpose. Mm I mean, look at it. They're called the media business, Mm -hmm. not the journalism business or the news and analysis or reportage business. And when you when you pigeonhole yourself like that, then you'll tend to be defined both from inside and externally by whatever the fashionable technology is currently. Mm -hmm. For centuries, print was fashionable. Then along came audiovisual media such as radio and television. And now we have the 21st century's poster child, digital. Mm -hmm. But media, uh, any of these are just that. They're just the technological platforms. They're not the product. And when you let yourself be defined by a medium, then of course your revenue models are going to be constrained by that myopic thinking. I mean, if you're going to be a newspaper business or a television news business, then yes, you are doomed. Remember the norm we stormed what comes first form or function? Yeah. You know, just reminds me of that. And they (laughs) seem to have been lost in that loop. And it seems so obvious that the industry has twisted itself into knots because it has defined itself by the medium and not the purpose. Mm. The term media is thrown around a lot, but not many understand that even the traditional definition of media as it exists is to tie the human race together and keep people across the globe up to date. Mm. Keep the human race together. I mean, that's the broader scope of the definition. Even by definition, the scope can be far, far bigger if they choose to apply it. Absolutely. Media medium is the middle ground, the common ground, uh, but that's obviously not something they're looking at. There is an inspiration. Google yeah. could have chosen mm. uh, to define itself as just another medium. Mm. Okay, mm. But look at their purpose. And Google's mission is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. And in fact, these days, they've added to their purpose, don't be evil in brackets, (laughs) because with so much access to information and knowledge, they can actually exploit and misuse that. Now, that has been introduced in their purpose, don't be evil. Just simple words. But this is what the whole purpose plays, you know. And years back, the same example of Walt Disney, we provide happiness by providing the finest in entertainment to people of all ages everywhere. And look at what they've been able to do with their business model. It's Absolutely. not just a channel or an entertainment park. It's you know anything that gives you happiness could be the scope. And both of those examples are also brilliant because I think it connects so well to this point I was uh, thinking of, which is 
I want to emphasize, I'm not saying digital native media businesses have cracked the code. I mean, look at Disney mm-hmm. as an example, mm-hmm. right? I mean, on the contrary, I think traditional media businesses have a lot of legacy codes that can serve them well. Not the least of which is an unrelenting focus on the quality of their content, uh, which I would say <laughs> exactly the reason why Google has introduced the don't be evil class. Because yeah. uh, otherwise, it's dubious at best with the digital new kids on the block. Uh, journalistic integrity, preserving the separation between editorial and advertising. These are things that come naturally to traditional businesses. But on the other hand, there is no denying the model is broken. Absolutely. So can this norm be stormed? Well, to take a crack at it, we roped in Mr. Anurag Batra, Chairman and Chief Editor-in-Chief of BW Business World. Anurag is a media mogul, serial entrepreneur, journalist, and a self-proclaimed eternal optimist. Given his multifaceted set of experiences, we figured we couldn't have gotten a better expert to storm this norm. So, Anurag, thank you so much for being with us on this episode of Storm the Norm. Welcome, thank you so much, Narayanan and Anisha, for having me. Uh, so, right off the bat, uh, I have a fairly straightforward question, literally hot off the press. Uh, on August 5th, the New York Times announced that for the very first time in their existence, digital revenues exceeded print revenues. My question to you is, what lessons can we take away for traditional Indian media businesses away from this in terms of their operating models, in terms of their revenue models? Are we archaic? Are they way ahead of their times? Uh, how can Indian businesses learn from this? Thank you, Narayanan. This is a question I grapple with every day. First of all, uh, you know, there are five aspects uh, when we should look at the New York Times achievement. First is, this is a journey that they started more than six, seven years back. Okay, right. so, so this may have happened and got accelerated during the COVID times. And as you know, the COVID has become the chief digital officer or the chief digital transformation officer mm-hmm. for almost every business enterprise, especially media companies. It may have got accelerated, uh, but it started many, many years back. Second, uh, New York Times is also known for very high quality journalism, which means very high quantity and quality editorial product, uh, which is mm. has a spine, uh, which does not take sides, which does journalism the right way. Uh, so people don't mind for paying for something that is not PR, that is incisive. It is written well, it is produced well, and it is honest. Third, most media business in the US, and especially the New York Times, have become a data business. They've become an insights business. So... One, the consumers are paying for it. Second, they're also making money from insights. And they're all themselves using the insights to be able to improve the sales of their digital product. Fourth, they've put substantial monies in marketing of their digital products digitally. And Mm. fifth, last but not the least, is that they view themselves as in the business of being in the business of brand and content, in the business of news. They're not in the newspaper business. They're in the news business. They have a brand and they have content. So they live by that credo. Plus they put some money behind it. So between all these uh, five factors, the lessons for Indian media businesses are the following. So we have to change our mindset. We have to become digital first, video first businesses. And we have to possibly shut our print businesses. Because what happens when you have a print and an online business, more often than not, 
a lot of energy goes into producing the print product i think the same amount of passion and energy has to go into doing the digital product we need younger editors we need younger business heads we need millennial ceos and we need to put all our money into um, the quality of content we need to do and then we have to become a data and tech business these are the learnings from the new york times example i mean when you put it like that anurag it seems so simple right i mean here are the four lessons focus on content build the brand use data and insights uh, be about the news business not the newspaper business and of course uh, take advantage of the chief digital transformation officer currently at hand and you've laid out what indian newspapers or media businesses need to do also if it is also simple then why are we not doing it you know can i tell you i acquired business world 6 and 1/2 years back Yeah. and only in the last 5 months i have been able to grow my digital to play where i am in the top 5 players in the business segment because you know it's a mindset issue uh, we value print so much anybody who has a newspaper we are so living in the past we are so living with our habits while i am saying all this only in the last 5 months i have been able to kind of attempt what i set out to do 6 years back and see the dividends of it because i realized my while i was bringing out the magazine every issue the sales were in there the editorial impact through distribution of the emag was there there was no revenue so i had to was forced to my digital con- build my digital content it's a mindset issue and what happens is if you have a legacy issue sometimes you focus too much on it uh, you don't have to have a plan b c you only have to have one plan which is the digital plan and focus all your energies there so i think uh, it's a issue of mindset it is issue of priorities it is an issue okay. of misplaced priorities i may say sometimes i revalue the present more than the future i think we have to spend as much time in the future as we do in the present now having said that there are traditional clients who like the smell of a newspaper in the morning who would want to pick up a magazine and and or read a book and there is this whole generation of the 60s and the 70s and in fact the ones before that as well who are thriving on that so are you willing to trade that generation off we are not teenagers but we are screenagers so you know today my mother uses whatsapp a lot my father uses it a bit my 50 uh, 3 year old sister uses it a, a lot my two children and my nephew and my two nieces are primarily on their whatsapp they get their content online so i think it is about focus in life whatever you focus on grows it may sound philosophical but that's true we have always focused i can tell you in the last 5 and 1/2 years of 6 and 1/2 years of running business world i've pretty much focused on the print product and the events i never focused enough on the digital now that i focus on digital i'm confident of building a large business in the digital domain because i need first we need an impact for our editorial product we you know if we do good editorial today through digital distribution through social media we are able to get digital impact you know there is an impact of a story it gets read there is a buzz it gets shared right so first we in the media business live for an impact now the moment the impact is there clearly it is showcases audiences now that showcasing audiences will lead to advertising revenue and also digital is about very transparent uh, you know so you got to be you can't tell your advertisers you know oh so many people saw it but you got to prove it so that's the mindset change using data to prove that so many people read that also means that 
in the past you were charging for a lot of stuff that was not demonstrable so demonstrable audiences and the impact on audiences through data and digital will be the key things that the media owners have to change in their focus the other thing we have to change is to treat our digital product as primary when we treat it as primary i'm sure we'll be able to convince our advertisers our readers to treat it as primary and there i say it's not either or see newspapers and a printed product has a limited space by that it puts out news which is credible which is impactful and there is a certain traditional equity to safeguard whereas in the digital space most of the players are not credible they put out a lot of clickbait content they are clearly very biased they are very edgy in the way they put out content and uh, dare i say that uh, they do not follow basic principles of journalism so if the mainstream media players put their best foot ahead in digital in terms of quality of content in terms of quality of production you know we talk about the three v's in media the mm-hmm. three v's are vernacular i hate to use that word but i would say indian language content voice uh, this is a podcast voice and third is video now in video when we do content um, we have to do the same quality that we would do on mainstream television we have to market it in the same way we would market any top notch media product so clearly we cannot treat our digital product as our fourth fifth sixth child the competition is not with print the competition is with every consumer as a publisher out there on the digital medium that is where the competition is going to shift where every consumer can become a publisher how will you actually play that game so first of all that's a real trend and it is only getting accentuated so we got to accept that and because people's interests are so specific uh, they value the view and opinion and insights of these uh, specialists domain experts whatever you want to call it and they will always continue to coexist but the charm of being published by a 100 year old venerable medium which you grew up reading will always be there so it's not an either or scenario first of all having a brand is a starting point then is the quality of content then is the depth of content then is the frequency of content then you how you market what is your social media outreach are influencers retweeting what you are tweeting are influencers endorsing so i think um, influencers are important they'll continue to stay important they have their own role but i don't think they're replacing they're adding on it's become and it has not become or so one last question before we wind up anurag to saying that digital is the mainstay and it's the center stage what's your guidance and direction to a lot of these upcoming startups who are coming into the content space uh, any tips you want to leave for them so i think what is very important is first the lines between what is telecom what is media and what is technology so the lines between hollywood which is movie content madison avenue which is advertising and silicon valley which is technology are merging so you have to be a business when you're a content hmm. business hmm. that kind of brings these three together hmm. Hmm. second is the fact that you have to build a differentiated product you cannot beat the original hmm. so you have to be a unique business your content has to be unique your style of doing content has to be unique third is as i said we are you know a lot of content guys start businesses they need strong business people with them 
you have to have a have a humility as an entrepreneur mm. when i meet a lot of these young people they seem to know everything thank you anurag this was so insightful we've got so much to chew upon that the edit is going to be a difficult one for us so thank you Absolutely. once again thank Absolutely. you so much wow anisha anurag didn't pull any punches did he he's one of the few from within the industry who seems to have faced up to the reality stated the challenges without mincing his words but he didn't stop there did he indeed nadan i loved his candidness in laying threadbare what ails the industry and therefore what needs to be done what stood out for you it's actually not one thing but a point of view he brought to the table that was most refreshing for me and that was question everything question the past question the present question the future question why you exist as a business question how you run the business and definitely question the separation of the church and the state but above all question the value you're bringing to the world what about you nisha i mean what stn hacks do you have for listeners this time around what insights and pointers can traditional media businesses use to storm this norm you know what you said is so absolutely right and that brings me to the way we opened the episode in terms of let them revisit their purpose why do we exist mm. are we uniting the human race or are we dividing the human race mm. just that simple questioning mm. Uh, mm. might just get them to not just question the business model but also the purpose and the reason for existence i guess that kind of soul searching is required by media today and it sounds like a great foundation for <laughs> hacking it yes absolutely while at a broader level revisiting the purpose and looking at your business model at a very fundamental level is the starting point but having said that if you are in the media business some of these hacks are more practical here than mm. now mm. Uh, they are not as lofty as what we just spoke about in the real world traditional media has to compete with dig- digital channels mm. okay and mm. that's what has created a bigger kind of a divide mm. i think the i model lies in traditional media having a symbiotic relationship with the digital assets mm. so as to be able to track and measure performance mm. the biggest challenge with traditional media has been the measurability mm. okay Uh, where this digital media is exactly the opposite so most business houses mm. media houses actually have both today mm. so how do you actually have a semiotic relationship where the data is easily available and it can be transferred from one medium to the other mm. they can guarantee that the goods and services reach the right people that's mm. what digital media does mm. the seamless transit from one to the other will offer the traditional media a better opportunity to track traffic flow from one to the other mm. the content strategy needs to be synchronized in a manner that the audience is not lost in transition so this baiten approach of handing over mm. at an appropriate time when mm. digital media takes over mm. you will be able to measure even traditional media mm. and to that extent having a kind of a combo model uh where it is not unique content on both the media but it's a content that flows from one to the other i think that's something that could be useful to explore you know i hate this word but basically going digital without the transition being clunky i yeah. guess that yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah without the transition being clunky okay the next one for me is my is my favorite one hmm. there is an uberization of everything that's happening today hmm. okay hmm. why hasn't content got uberized mm, mm. there have been instances of guest writers and guest speakers and stuff like that but those are that's not what i'm talking mm. about i believe in house journalism is going to prove limiting for many incumbents mm. 
traditional media channels will have to explore a decentralized outsourced model mm. where then they play the role of lead orchestrators focusing on moderation and curation and not creation of content all the mm. time democratization of content will also kill nepotism mm. and mm. bring in transparency in the system so important yeah, but now that you say it, it just seems astonishing that the media business hasn't embraced the gig economy as well as it could you'll be surprised wikipedia yeah, okay is nothing but that exactly why hasn't somebody done a more professional organized version of wikipedia absolutely yeah and here's the third hack hmm. cross pollination of content hmm. It's not about quantity, but quality and credibility mm. and viability of content. Mm. There is so much content being created. There's such a deluge mm. today. Mm. Okay, each medium is creating a content which is unique for its own medium. The platformization of media approach, even if media is owned by a single media owner, each of their business verticals is running like silos yeah. okay yeah. they create their own content i mean they create their own programming they have their own revenue models even in house they yeah. are not able yeah. to have a horizontal approach where yeah. they platformize the media yeah. and content is actually created at a centralized place yeah. and proliferated across all the channels yeah. that's how you will get quality and you will not just run after quantity yeah yeah i mean it, it's it sounds so simple again i'm trying to imagine the contrary right i mean imagine netflix had different content for your mobile device different for your mm -hmm. laptop and different for the television screen it sounds stupid it sounds stupid Absolutely. but that's what's happening exactly <laughs> right so in, in other words have the best content but please don't only think about having the best network of newspaper delivery boys. That's not going to cut it. Yeah, because schedules are also no longer yeah. relevant. Time shifting is common. On-demand viewing is happening. Yeah. You know, reading is also growing in popularity. So if you have quality content, yeah. give it to them in a platform and schedule agnostic uh, manner so that people can consume it at their choice. Makes so much sense. Number four. A very basic one is, of course, offering readers more flexible payment options to drive up subscriptions because subscriptions is a lock-in. There's a certain amount of loyalty that comes in. Okay. Mm. And as we heard when we were talking with Anurag, the New York Times example is so fresh. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly that. That's that's what you know? they did. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the last hack. Even if you're going to be just a news distribution and not content creation or curation business, then think like a native digital company. Become an API and not a platform. Enable open access on any platform, any device, shareable anytime. I mean, this is what we just spoke about, yeah. but this is like an API platformization approach. Absolutely. So insightfully hacked as always, Anisha. Uh, let me try and recap the five STN hacks once more for everyone. First, bridge the digital divide seamlessly. Second, Uberize content creation. Third, cross-pollinate content. Fourth, offer payment flexibility to consumers. And fifth, in the world of AP and ANI, become an API, if you will. Succinctly captured, as always. All right, then. I think that's a good place to wrap up episode 15 of Storm the Norm. Uh, once again, there are now multiple places you can catch us on, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and GeoSavan, by just searching for Storm the Norm. And oh, on Sarigama Karva 2.0 devices on channel 453. This is Narayan. And this is Anisha. Signing off for now. We'll be back with a new episode shortly. Thank you and Thank talk you. to you soon. Bye.